Tim, uh, I'm here. You're there. Yes. Who is that? Uh, that is our mechanic working on our uh, engine because it's still, okay, my swap with a Honda thing, there, there, it, there needed to be some tweaks. Some tweaks. So you hired a mechanic. Yes, except it's not our normal mechanic because he got COVID. So who is this? Uh, the only stand-in the world needs, Nico Hulkenberg. Wait, Nico Hulkenberg's here? Yeah, Nico Hulkenberg's here. Say, hey, Nico, what have, uh, what have you thought of about your week here so far on the boat? Yeah, it's been very, uh, a very special week. Wow, well put, well put. He's so eloquent. He really is. Yeah. And he's doing some great work down there. I mean, he's a gift to mechanic. Really is. Cue the tunes. This is the Formation Lab. Welcome one, welcome all to the Four Ring Circus. That is the Formation Lap. I'm Luke. I'm joined as always by Tim. And our special guest, Nico Holkenberg, is in the other room repairing the boat. He is in the engine room. He is doing some amazing work on everything that I botched in the Honda swap. Y- so. you, you do botch quite a bit in yeah. Honda. Well, in life, really. It's true. Yeah. Oh, God, it's so true. But hey, uh, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, I'm told. Yeah, so, and you know what almost killed me this week? What almost killed you? The lack of actual like developments. There was no real racing. Actually, the Petit Le Mans happened, and that was fun. But eh. no F one, no IndyCar. This, no. This. I tell no. you what, Tim. I expected this week to you know progress pretty well. Uh, this is a polished turd of a week for news, wasn't it? Yeah, it was pretty light on the news. And uh, I mean, the first one is when we talk about our our mechanic. Uh, with Formula One, but we'll get into that really, later. Yeah, we'll get into that later. But uh, but you and I were talking. Honestly, we were talking mostly this week about what we're going to do in the off season. Yeah, and actually, we do have some fun fun plans for the off season. Tim, do you want to tease that? Yes, I do. So we're going to be doing a few different things. Uh, we're going to be talking about for uh, a whole month different monuments of racing, different. Uh, races that Luke and I really enjoy, and we're going to do deep dives into the background, the cool moments, things that have come out of it, stuff of that nature. That makes us monuments men. That's right, but we're not as smart or handsome as the gentleman in the movies, so, well, we might be able to keep I up with I John Goodman. I think I could Goodman. pull off a Matt Damon. Look at me. Okay, I'll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lower my bar and go for John Goodman. Oh, that's a higher bar than Matt Damon, let me tell you. <laughs> I love that, man. But anyway, what else do we have planned? We also have uh, Manufacturer's Month, where we're going to be talking about different manufacturers and things like that, because we have looked at the past, we are in the present, and we have uh, actually, unfortunately, seen the future, and it does look a bit frightening, because, well, to, to put it uh, lightly, the Skynet's coming, guys. If any of you guys are in talk with Sarah Connor, let her know. And if any of you guys see Arnold Schwarzenegger around, look him in the eye. Tell him we know what he's up to. All right, exactly. We know what he's doing. We know what he's doing. He is out registering people to vote right now. Whoa, whoa, but- whoa, whoa, whoa. Politics on this show. Tim. Uh, I, what? Do you want protesters? This is how you get protesters. Wh- wh- the ones with the guns? Tim, this is America. They all have guns. That's extremely true. Yeah, yes. All right. Uh, let me, I let take me, it back. All right. Let me, let me disarm myself before we get there. Okay. How'd you get through the door with that? That's a cannon. <laughs> You're going through the back door. Oh, God. Too many jokes. Don't bring that anyway. in. Anyway. So. Anyway, so that will be a whole month where we talk about uh, kind of what we see coming on the horizon um, and, you know, things that uh, we've seen implemented into everyday road cars from uh, racing. So that's going to be very exciting. We're pretty thrilled about that. But, uh, as, yeah, it's been pretty much a snooze fest uh, not, with the news. Not that it's going to be a snooze fest because as we'll talk about – Later on the th- on the show, as I get like a 
caffeine burp going through me right here. Nice. Um, as we're going to talk about later on the show, next week is going to be insane. So next you're going to want to tune in for next week's show, too. Exactly. Next week will be a lot of fun. Um, but listen, if you guys do have any requests or anything you'd like to hear us talk about over the wintertime, uh, tweet at us. I am at TimSTLF1 on Twitter. I'm at FormationLap101 on Twitter. And we will take everything under advisement. We would love to uh, tailor our programming to your all's uh, wants and desires. So, without any further ado, kind though, of desires you might have, may I add. That's right. Luke has started his own OnlyFans. And, uh, that is. Yeah, I mean, you guys it's don't. exclusively pictures of my heel. And I'm be- just going to give you a heads up. <laughs> <laughs> like Before Quentin Tarantino anybody- subscribes, but he says I should do more toe picks. But- exactly. I mean, you gotta you gotta give them what they want. You ever uh, want to look at a really sexy heel, ladies, but if, gentlemen? <laughs> but if anybody you know starts to judge, just remember it's 2020, and you gotta pay your bills. We guys. gotta pay bills, and I tell you what, the news sites paid their bills and kept the lights on, but they didn't really have many clicks. So you no. want to get, get through the important stuff Let- real quick here? Yes. Uh, let's talk about our mechanic. Um, uh, he's yeah, made so, some waves, I made guess. Some waves. I want to. I want to. I want to put in here that this is uh, the speculation sector, right? Yeah, we're going into the silly sector. Yeah, the uh, fake news final lap, um, the unverified. I can't think of a racing word that begins with a U. Yeah, no, this is dead. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so this is all unverified, but you see, you'll see reports on this uh, from a litany of numerous sources. Nico Hulkenberg is the heavy rumor right now for that second Red Bull seat, which would yeet Alex Albon, presumably, to uh, Alpha Tauri, which would, I have to assume, mean Daniel Kvyat's out. That's what my um, assumption would be as well. And uh, Nico Hulkenberg, he's dead today. He thinks he can get within three-tenths of Max. So remember, Helmut Marko said that ideally that second seat should be within three-tenths of Max Verstappen. And uh, Nico Hulkenberg says Max is absolute killer in terms of speed, one of the fastest, if not the fastest. But it's already a huge task to have him as a teammate. I would like to find out, to measure myself against him. Let's see if it comes to that. And he did say he thinks he can be within three-tenths of Max on a good day. And I just don't think it makes sense. I mean, let's be honest. It's not Red Bull's thing to get an old driver. Their thing is the young guys. The young, the thrilling, all that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, that's true. Uh, I would say that that's kind of why I think it might work. Really? Yeah, so hear me out. Okay, Nico Hulkenberg um, is steady Eddie there's no gambling with Nico Hulkenberg, right? That's true. They've been gambling the past two drivers, right? And here's the other thing, too, is Nico Hulkenberg would have a realistic expectation of his role in this car. You're not going to get, you know, Daniel Ricciardo come up and just be like, this is my team now. No, it isn't, because Max Verstappen has usurped me, right? You're n- he knows. He's a Valtteri Botas. He is a prime Valtteri Botas. Com- com- I like that comparison. He is the Valtteri Botas that doesn't have a job right now. And he would be a perfect rear gunner for Max. You're absolutely right. I just think it's, it's just un, I just I can't see it. Their their whole shtick is young guys. But where has that got them? It's gotten them in unstable. Now we've said earlier that getting rid of Alex Albon for Pierre Gasly would mean that they've learned effectively nothing from the Pierre Gasly situation. Yeah, but they they can do stupid things. I mean, that would be a silly thing, but I just, I don't think that this is a stupid move. I think that Nico Hulkenberg is going to go in, he's going to be a team player, he's going to rear gun, and he just knows, 
no, I'm never going to usurp Max Verstappen's seat. I know what my goal is. And if there's one thing that Nico Hulkenberg does, and I know you can say, oh, no podiums, it, it, it would he be— He plays his role. Right, he plays his role. You you want him to be, you know, you know, one minute and ten seconds at point two. He'll be one minute and ten po- seconds, point one or point three, somewhere in that range. He's a reliable guy. I like the idea of it, but in practice, I don't know what I want. I don't know because to me, that would be Red Bull waving the flag on their entire youth program that they've built the team on. Yeah, so, it really would. Uh, yeah, Nico Hulkenberg, um, I I just don't know how I feel about it. This is just here's the fun part though. If Nico Hulkenberg gets this seat, he has to be in the running to he. First off, he'll get a podium within a year. Yes. Right. Uh, the, the the Red Bull's too good for that, and Max Verstappen is. Not as crashy as he once was, but he's still a little too crashy slash the car's he, a little clunky right. to reliably well, he, and grind he, out in front of Nico He Holker. does drive the rivets off of it, so sometimes that thing's going to let go. Yeah. Um, let's also talk, I think it uh, it is worth mentioning here, about the curse. Could there be a curse? For the second Red Bull seat? No, or for, for Nico. Nico. Ooh, how about this? There's a curse on Nico. There's also a curse on the second Red Bull seat. And they cancel each other out, and all they of a sudden they cancel each Max. other out. This is the exact plot to that one Halloween movie. I think it was called Halloween. I do think his Red Bull helmet would look dope. <laughs> I think it that would look so dope. I think it would too. So I, I would, I would like to see that happen. I'd be bummed for Alex Albon. I really like the guy, but um, he just hasn't done it, and I don't see that, you know, fixing itself. Yeah, I, I stand by uh, the previous. <laughs> how many? How many months have we been defending Alex Albon? I stand by that. I yeah. think he's a talented kid. Um, but I think that there's something about that Red Bull driver program that just, you know, makes mincemeat of your mind. I wonder what that is. Mincemeat of your mind. Uh, that makes mincemeat of your mind. That I like that's that a nice a lot. little alliteration. Yeah, I know, right? I'll, th- I'll think of something to tag Red All Bull All the letters with that. and alliteration together. Uh, but here's what I think it might be. I think mind that... Mind blowers. Red Bull's <laughs> mind blowers. Anyway. I think that... that Red Bull, their hyper-competitive uh, program, is really, um, like, it, it forces people to sit there throughout their entire youth, right, to go, no, cutthroat, I'm the best, 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 right? Yeah. And that's the only way you get there. It's the same thing we see in, like, youth football here in right. America, right? Then you give this young driver... All they ever want, like a step away from all they ever want. And they have this, I'm the best, I have to be cutthroat, I have to be my teammate, as they've grown up doing, right? Yeah. And then you force them to go, you're going to be this close to what you've grown up doing. You're not going to ever be the best. You're going to have to settle, settle. When the entire time to get into that program, to succeed in that program, you can't settle. And I think that kind of disconnect between what you've programmed your driver to do and what you're actually asking that driver to do, I think causes a lot of mental anguish. And I'm and I'm sure that's part of it. For absolutely, I also think that the like political pressure within the team and within the press, and the lack of support within the team, like you don't have the mechanics and the and the engineers to translate to you as well as they do with Max. That car is designed to do well for Max, right? And it's not designed to do well for Alex Albon or Pierre Gasly, and it's just. To not have that support and have that all that pressure, you are on your own. And, you know, that that type of mental fortitude is really tough to find in young men. And 
you know that that is the risk you run and it's if if nothing else red bull has proven that they are not able to bolster the mental strength of a young man mm-hmm. to 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 be on that stage so let's not forget like um and it's not to slag them off it's no. just not something they're good at here's the thing too is these kids are like coming out of high school going into college age right when they're driving um tim i think you and i have both been out of school for long enough you know how you feel like you're an adult when you're in college you're you ever go back and look at like you know colleges especially high schoolers to me like my brother's in high school you go back and look at them and you're like wow i thought i was an adult these are all kids the, the, oh, yeah. they like, are puppies yeah dude even even like a 20 year old in in f1 like that man like and as somebody who's around that age range, they're still kids. They're still learning. This is not a – like, legally he's an adult. If properly, fully functioned, you don't get that yet. Right. Like, and that's just – that's such a large ask it for is. the kids. It is. And and the thing is, is that, you know, managing younger people in my everyday world, you know, they – they have the desire to get there. You can see that they don't have the same experiences. They don't have that stuff to fall back on that I do. And so it's, it's translating. Like I take pride in hiring young people and being able to translate that stuff to them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but how, how good is a helmet Marco at translating? I don't think helmet Marco is that good at translating it. To I don't the think young. he cares. I don't He's think like, he cares are you it. fast or not? I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, that's uh, so, that. Yeah, so we'll Hulkenberg. see if uh, we'll see if Hulkenberg can come in because if anybody's taking a bigger beating in F one than Nico Hulkenberg, yeah. like that guy has been through the mental m- grinder. It's just it's <laughs> just minced just, meat. He is he is minced meat already. What more can Red Bull do to him? Mm-hmm. So I guess we're gonna find out. Uh, that would be interesting to say the yeah. least. But what? that is not the only thing in F one uh, that we're gonna talk about today. The other thing is that. According to uh, the Danish news, Kevin Magnuson might just be done. The quote with is ninety nine point nine percent sure to be finished at, in F one at the end of the season. This is from, and I have never heard of this before, but I also don't read Danish news. But it looks pretty official. The website does anyway. This is from Peter Nygaard on bt.dk. Um, if you are Danish and want to say that this is a rag, you can do that at Formation Lap 101. If you want to say, no, this is like, you know, the the CNN of... Yeah, this is the BBC. <laughs> yeah, this is the or BBC. Al Jazeera. Yeah, yes. uh, yeah like, uh, that's fine. But it looked like an official website, and uh, I have not heard anything trashing BT.DK. But if Kevin Magnuson is done at Haas at the end of the season, not just done at Haas, but done in F1, one, uh, <laughs> the entirety IndyCar needs to jump on that. Two, and this is relating to one, this is one of the great what ifs of this era of Formula One racing. Yeah. Because I really think Magnuson is a lot more talented than his his anything his like career uh, opportunities have given him. Right. Because yeah. remember, he only had one podium, but it was his first ever race in Albert Park in what, 2015, 16? He was on the podium. Yeah. Uh, first ever race in, in Albert Park. He was on the podium. And then ever since then, he has had. A trash car or a Haas car, and outside of the first year of the Haas car, Haas has been, meh. yeah, mad to really bad like this year. And I just, I know that there's not upward mobility for a driver of his caliber. I'm not saying that he could be a champion, but I have to assume that he would have had a better career than say a Nico Hulkenberg. Yeah, 
Yeah, he could have, but uh, I don't know. Just seems seems that uh, mentally he's just finished. I, so no, he's actually Danish. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but uh, um, so yeah. that is all the news that is fit to peruse wanna, out of F one. I want to put one more thing on on the okay. house. Wrap a bow on it. Why yep. would he be out? Because one Mick Schumacher is ready to go. Mm, and mm. the other seat might be Sergio Perez's. Might be Sergio Perez's. Might be, who knows? I, I've heard rumors that Gene Haas does not get along with Sergio Perez benefactor or bankroller Carlos Slim. But that is all rumors, as is literally every single bit of this F1. These are the rumor mill. This is the rumor mill, so I guess we're going to find out. But some exciting stuff did happen back here on American soil. USA! USA! (laughs) Go ahead, sir. You're the one that found this one. Shelby SSC's, or excuse me, Shelby's SSC Tuatara has taken the fastest production car record back onto the shores of America. That's right. Uh, The previous uh, average that we uh, saw was the uh, Bugatti Chiron the uh, with a 304.77 mile per hour average run. Right. So, um, And that was their uh, kind of decked out Top Gear one. Um, but this kind of annihilates that. Yeah. Okay. So this is measured um, on like a seven mile or however long they decide to do it. There's no real unit of measurement for length but basically it's make a pass what's your top speed make another pass what's your top speed the chiron only did one run and its top speed was actually 304.77 miles per hour the ssc tuatara hit a maximum velocity of just over 331 miles per hour that's a spanking that is america bludgeoning america so that that is a nearly ten percent whooping <laughs> that uh, that our uh, German cohorts have taken. Probably also doesn't f- drive like a brick like the freaking Bugatti. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But uh, but yeah, that is an impressive uh, <laughs> bludgeoning that that, that we, yeah that uh, brought that record so, back. So that is absolutely exciting. I showed you the video, and Top Gear has all the stuff on this. Uh, Top Gear exclusively released it. I showed you this video. And I think the most important, uh, the most impressive part was when you saw the Bugatti run, if you remember, it hit about 250, 260, and it kind of hit this brick wall of acceleration, right? Yeah, it, it really struggled to accelerate past there. Right. Um, the Tuatara, between 250 and 300, Tim? Sliced. It, like, it, like you were going 250, 260, 270. 280 at almost that pace for those 50 mile an hour it went those 50 mile an hour probably as quick as my like regular run-of-the-mill uh toyota corolla did zero to 50 yeah it it was really really impressive and the thing is i got the impression and you know feel free to agree or disagree that they it could have just kept going it could have it was it didn't need to break yeah it was a seven uh, it was a seven mile uh like run all right, and he needed to break at the end, but he was climbing at a good clip at three thirty one. I was to say, I think it could have kept going. I think I I I don't know enough about how that car's built or you know where it's going, but 
I wouldn't be shocked if you, it could have gotten to the 340s if you had a longer stretch or a flying start or something. Exactly. Something. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, just wildly impressive. Yeah. So, so congratulations. To uh, SSC. To, to SSC. Which so. is, uh, yeah. Which is, uh, it's short. I said Shelby. Uh, SSC. The Shelby Motor Company became SSC, which is Shelby Supercars. Uh, and now it's just officially just SSC, but it's still Shelby Supercars. So uh, I think that that means that uh, it gets an award this week. Don't I you? completely don't you, agree. Don't you think? I think that SSC is our People's Champion. Congratulations to Shelby SSC, SSC Car Company, and the Tuatara. Woohoo! For being, I mean, <laughs> that's going to be hard to top, my man. <laughs> that's going to be very hard to top. Uh, obviously, the Germans are going to try. They're going to try. I so, mean, I don't really care. It's a $1.9 million car. So, if you want to build something more expensive and faster than that, the auto world would be very glad to see it. it they would, but in this uh, current economy, <laughs> I don't think that's going to be a good idea. No, I don't. So, before we move on to the next one, we owe you a quick break. So, we're going to take that right now. The Formation Lap with Luke and Tim. The Formation Lap with Luke and Tim. Welcome back to El Formacion Lap, and that is Portuguese. Because we will be racing in Portugal next weekend. That's right, and we're sailing there right now because our engine is running nicely thanks to Nico. Thanks, Nico. Uh, he gave me a thumbs up. You know the Germans are always the silent type. So. They, they are, and he's going away very fast in his other boat. So, but we're we're powering to Portugal. So thank you for practicing. Yeah. Uh, I see you've been using that Rosetta Stone that you were given. Yes, yes. I, it was actually not the program. You gave me a large black brick or a back like slab of rock with many hieroglyphics etched into it. And I'm wondering if you grabbed that during your stop in in London, because if so, we might be international fugitives. Well, we already are because of Luxembourg. That's right. But the people in there were awesome too. Gosh, I can't believe what you did with with that rock and the beaver. Oh my god! Anyway, hey, don't forget about the honey badger. Yeah, I actually got to meet one. <laughs> so excited! You got to meet a person called Honey Badger and an actual honey badger. It was know, a right? real great weekend. It was, yeah, it was like in the same bar in the same booth. We were all drinking. Yeah. It was nuts. Yeah, uh, if only there would have been a tuatara there. If only, uh, but there wasn't. The Tuatara, by the way, is a lizard, yes. um, I learned over the uh, thing, and mm. I believe uh, there it, it has a third eye on the back of its head. Some say it's blind. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. I'm here, here all here. week. This is a light week, so this is a funny, I have a little funny anecdote. Okay. Uh, I was with my family in Cleveland, Ohio, yes. um, and we were going to see an Indians game to watch some baseball. And uh, we ended up going to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that day, uh, or earlier in that day. And Third Eye Blind was playing at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And it was like kind of a little benefactor's concert. And did you think, wow, I didn't know Third Eye Blind was still a thing? No, because I've seen them a couple times, and, and I'm a mild fan of theirs. I saw them with Jimmy Eat World, who some might be more impressed is still a thing. Anyway. <laughs> Jesus, it's like the early 2000s but, all of a sudden. But we're, we're going through the Hall of Fame, and there's a big, like, security guard by this door, and we surmise that this is backstage, like the entrance to the backstage for Third Eye Blind. And my dad walks up to Third Eye, this big, beefy guy, and he goes, he goes excuse me, sir, what am I going to do? Uh, oh, I, I'm with the band? No. Nah. Uh, yeah, I'm the fourth eye. <laughs> he's like, and he's just like, no. <laughs> oh my god! 
So if that tells you why the way I am, that is the behavior my dad puts on in public. Oh, oh boy. I think that that goes for a lot of dads. But anyway. <laughs> anyway, so uh, we're going to shift over to the IndyCar yes. side of things because this is where the fun is. This is where the good, the good stuff is. I'm telling you what. Scott Dixon has a fight on his hands, and Joseph Newgarden is in the blue corner. That's right. Ready to play some battle bots. Let me tell you. All right, Scott Dixon has a 32-point lead over Joseph Newgarden, which sounds like a lot, and it is. But with Dixon's recent results... The could... pattern is the the uh, the way we actually look at it is that the momentum is in Newgarden's corner. It is absolutely in Newgarden's corner. So let's go over Scott Dixon's last four uh, races, by the way, because here's a fun uh, Scott. Di- only Scott Dixon can have a fact like this, but might I add, uh, Scott Dixon is a 10, 10. So 10th, then 10th, then ninth, then eighth over his last four races, which those four races without a top five ties for the longest drought, top five drought in his career uh, since the 2005 Indy racing league series. So as long as IndyCar has been an entity, uh, the modern version of IndyCar, Scott Dixon has never gone more than four races without a top five. <laughs> <laughs> he is just militantly awesome. He just, he Scott, can't not be great. So this that stat one alone was one of the worst stretches of his career. Is a, is a string of four races that half the field would love to have. Exactly. <laughs> Like, they would adore to have that run. Four, so here's the thing. top tens in a row. What's not to like? And he's going to break the drought this weekend. He like is. I did, I did, there's no way he doesn't. He's just going. He's Scott Dixon. <laughs> it would be like, hey, Lewis Hamilton, uh, you know, you're not, you, you don't win for three weekends in a row. You're not going to win again this weekend. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. It's, it's, it's going to be a matter of pride and principle. Lewis- Those guys don't do this. They just don't. Lewis Hamilton could be in like a, a a freak accident and come back with like You mean pull like, a Nikki Lauda? Yeah, like well like a worse Nikki Lauda. He could like literally have like no left arm and like a nub on his right and be like, There's no way and he'd hop in the car and win that race. And that is that is what we're looking at with Scott Dixon. Is, That's true. Is you, you ever you ever like you remember back when like WWE uh, in like the eighties and nineties was was actually like kind of cool for like a hot second in the popular culture, um, and they used to have like like the WCW NWO Revenge. Yeah, yeah. They used right to have one hand tied behind my back matches. Where yeah. It's like I bet I could beat you with one hand tied behind my back, and they literally tie a guy's hand behind his back and have a wrestling match like that. You mean back when the fans used to say it's not staged and stuff like that would happen? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember. That, that is that is what happened to happen with Scott Dixon because that's the only way he's not winning. That, yeah, no, you <laughs> literally if tie three one hand behind his back and be like, race the entire race like that. Race it in a reliant Robin. You only get three <laughs> wheels. Yes. No, He'll still it, probably win. Yeah, but there are some scenarios where he could win, and you've lined them out here. Yeah, where, where Joseph Newgarden could win, and both of these, if it was any driver other than Scott Dixon, I would say these are very plausible. Absolutely. Well, because it, and it is again Joseph Newgarden, who has proven himself to be a really great. He champion. is one of the best in in the in in the entire series right now, arguably uh, the best over the last three or four years consistently. So, 
Joseph Newgard, let's assume that he gets first and leads the most laps, okay? So the way it's set out is first place gets 50 points, okay? Remember, he has to make up a 32 gap. Uh, first place is 50 points, but if you lead the most laps, you get two points, and you lead at least one lap, and you get one point. Uh, so if he leads the most laps and wins the race, Scott Dixon needs to finish 10th or below. Okay, now remember, 10th is the low point of the last four races, which is one of the low points of his career. As shocking as that is, because 2005 <laughs> was, again, an entirely different league when Panaz was in here. Panaz? I, yeah. I forget how you even say that company. It was so long ago. Um, so it's Dixon finishes 10th or below. This assumes Dixon doesn't lead a lap or score a pole, which I'm, I'm willing to say that if he finishes 10th, he probably didn't do either. Right. Um, if... He if uh yeah so if Newgarden also scores pole position, most laps led, and finishes in first place, Scott Dixon can finish ninth, and Dixon would tie Newgarden, but I believe Scott Dixon would win on the tiebreaker, um because he's won four races. Right. Uh so then he would have to finish again tenth or below, but at least it would be kind of a push there. Um, so. Yeah, finishing 10th is a weak weekend for Scott Dixon. He's had four consecutive week, week weekends. Right. But it, it's, it, there it's won't Scott be Dixon. It's Scott Dixon. In That's 2015 why. to presence uh, in St. Petersburg, uh, Scott Dixon has had a 15th, 7th, 3rd, 6th, and 2nd, which is kind of a mixed bag. But you'll notice that there's only one result there that is actually below that 10th place threshold. And it was in 2015. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> it was in 2015. So right. he's been... That's about as mixed as you're going to find a Scott Dixon results, but it's But none of them are as bad as would be needed to lose. Right. And here's the other thing. The fact is that our reasoning for why he will win this is because it's him. It's Scott Dixon. Right. And in no other sport can you just say, except maybe Formula One with Lewis, he's he's not going to do that because it's him. Right. Like, period. Right. It, it, well, the impressive thing about Scott Dixon is Lewis, you can say, he's not going to do it because he's Lewis Hamilton and his team is Mercedes. Scott Dixon, it's all just because he's Scott Dixon. Right. That's, <laughs> doesn't matter where he's at. It's he's, him. He's Scott Dixon, guys. Right. Come on. Yeah, that's what you're going to get. So uh, so if he drops uh, so if he drops a fifth race uh, outside of the top five, Scott Dixon, um, this will be the worst streak of his career outside of, again, that 2005 Indy Racing League series which, again, was pre-merged, so it isn't technically happened in IndyCar as it's now known history. Right. Um, it's a different... Indy Racing League is technically a separate entity from the modern one. They have the history, they share the history, but it's it, it's such a, such a wild <laughs> stat, isn't it? So wild. Four, four finishes where you're in the top ten. Absolutely insane. Since joining Pinsky in 2017, Joseph Newgarden uh, has put up an 8713. I I use Scott Dixon's 2015 to present. I use Newgarden's time at Pinsky because before he was at Pinsky, he was in a much, much worse car. He wasn't in a Pinsky. Let's just put it that way, right? So, eighth, seventh, first, and third. First and third in the last two years. So, he certainly has kind of a hot little streak here at. uh, at St. Petersburg, which is usually the season opener. So I'm really interested to see how the different temperatures, but also um, the approach to the track changes because in a season opener, there's that many more questions. Is that many more? Oh, he just doesn't have the feel for the season right now. Um, 
not that these guys aren't professionals and don't know the season, but it's kind of right. like Australia where it's like there's a little more chaos than usual in that race. Right. But as the season closer, a well-known track like St. Petersburg, oh, now you're talking maybe some little bit. Maybe they come in and they're less bombastic. Right. So, uh, yeah, so I think I'm going to go out on a limb and say the IndyCar race this weekend is the must-watch race. Uh, with all due respect, to Portimao. Yeah, I think you and I are both going to be watching St. Pete. Yeah, St. Pete is going to be fantastic. Hey, there's one more bit, a yes. one more intriguing spot with uh, IndyCar in St. Pete. Oh, yeah, another little headline. That, this was interesting. Scott McLaughlin will be having his first drive uh, in with Team Penske in St. Petersburg. He is the reigning champion of the Australian Supercar Series, and he's won in 2018 and 2019 and 2020 the titles, and he won the 2019 Bathurst uh, 1000. Yeah. As I nod my headphones off of my head. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, Scott the, McLaughlin the, is the, a talented driver. He really is, and the Bathurst 1000 is an insanely tough race. So this should be really exciting to see if what translates to IndyCar. Yeah, and he was supposed to have that start in the Harvest GP uh, last, what is literally now a month ago, um, but he uh, due to some restrictions and this and that, uh, he wasn't able to. So it'll be interesting to see because not only is he going to just IndyCar, my dude's going into Team Penske. He's going into the top tier. He's going to the Yankees. <laughs> you go to, Yankees are you pulling go to up the a Yankees. ringer. That is a ringer to add to your. Uh, that's that's an Aaron Judge. They yeah, just pulled that, up Aaron Judge. Yeah, you just called up an, a young Aaron Judge too. Except yeah. he doesn't break when you look at him funny. <laughs> well, I mean, he has to break several times around the course of a circuit. Yes, he does. But uh, you know, Aaron He's Judge. Healthy. Uh, exactly. He's very healthy. Aaron Judge breaks when he rounds second because he rolls his ankle. He has a heavy breaking zone going into every single base. He, he really does. He really does. And and his legs just go pop. Uh, ah, my legs, uh, what's his name on SpongeBob? My leg. My leg. Every single time he, it's a base hit. Aaron Judge to a SpongeBob joke. Yeah. That's a, that, I've ne- I don't think you've ever done that before. We're full well of surprises. We are. We're this week was boring, so we're full of surprises. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to spice up this week with Let's. our final little segment. Yes. It's time for Bold Predictions. Bold? Well, hell yes, it's bold. This is really bold. So bold it's not recommended for human consumption. That's how bold this stuff is, you little Chris. And I mean it's Bold. bold. Tim, you heard the sounder. It's time for bold predictions. I will only accept your most bold prediction. Scott McLaughlin, first debut IndyCar race. First debut mean the same thing, but we're going to roll with it. Does he get a top five? Yes. At St. Pete. At St. Pete. (laughs) I think he gets a podium. You think he gets a podium? Man's hungry. He's hungry. He has something to prove. He has all the talent in the world. And those Australian supercars run on enough like street circuits like St. Pete to where he's familiar with the intricacies of street circuit racing already. Correct. This isn't like a, an F1 where you only race on a select few street circuits and you know they can be very... They're, they're very tidy street circuits, shall we call them, right? Uh, St. Pete is a street circuit in the most base form yes it is yes <laughs> like, it really is like you drive on singapore and you're like no 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 this is a formula one track you can drive on <laughs> <laughs> exactly st pete is man i really need to fix that pothole last year <laughs> yeah 
Watch it this year because yeah. that's going to be a bone rattler. But, uh, yeah, but the, the supercars are, are very capable of running. They run several times in that. So I think he does actually come in with a top five, and that's a bold prediction, Tim. I think so, but I'm going to stick by it. Why not? I have another bold prediction. Fire uh, away. This one might be too bold for human consumption. Oh, well, I would expect nothing less okay. for this segment. For this bold prediction, does Scott Dixon walk away with a championship after St. Petersburg? That's not a bold prediction. That's a question. Are you going to make a bold prediction? I'm going to let you go first. I'm going to be bold and say that 2020 maximum chaos, Joseph Newgarden, Walks away. Scott Dixon qualifies low in the field, gets caught in some kind of shuffle, some kind of yellow flag situation where he just comes in maybe 12th, 13th, a respectable position, but not good enough because Joseph Newgarden locks it down. Joseph Newgarden's got a killer instinct. Scott Dixon does too, but yet hasn't been on display over the last four races. Are you you saying that Scott Dixon is going to get Alexander Rossi'd? I think Scott Dixon get out, gets Alexander Rossi's, and I'll go even bolder, and I will say that Alexander Rossi finishes in the top five as well. Dang. Look at you. Holy cow. Um, well, here's what I think. Okay. All right. I think Scott Dixon's going to retain it because 2020 has given us a few things to remind us that, that, that hope still can live in 2020. Okay. Like – the Astros getting whooped by the Tampa Bay Rays. We cried. We were so happy. We, we did cry. Uh, Fairchild, the guy from St. Louis, closed it out. a boy, Blue. a boy. So uh, so that was awesome. But I think that uh, Scott Dixon will come through and remind us it's going to be okay, guys. It's So gonna, <laughs> I think it'll be uh, The world fine may there. change, but Scott Dixon does not. Exactly. <laughs> Scott Dixon is not for moving um, or turning, whatever that phrase is. Um <laughs> So I think that'll be interesting, but uh, but I got another bold prediction. Oh, hit me up with this boldness. I think the F1 race this weekend will be boring as can be. You think it'll be boring as Very can be? Very boring. Uh, I don't know how I feel. I like Portimao as a track. I like Portimao as a track, too, but I think it's going to be extremely boring. Hmm, that is... I'm going to be bold by not being bold. <laughs> you're, it's, you're being so bold that you're going to call that it's not going to be bold whatsoever. Exactly. Is that not, <laughs> what yep. is more bold than expecting boldness but delivering no boldness? Yeah, I don't is know. I, I, there's a joke there, but it's the end of Monday, and I'm just too tired to pull it out. Tim, you are tired. I am tired. Uh, I tell you what, we are at, I mean, we're at like 40 minutes maybe here with this episode. But hear me out, folks. We have a huge episode next week. Like It's going to be huge. Like, Tim and I are both loving the fact that this week's racing is going to be fantastic. But I think I speak for both of us when I say that we're going to dreading the recording session that's going to happen on Monday It's going to take a lot. <laughs> It's going to take a lot, uh, so, but uh, you know, it'll be all right. Yeah, we'll be all right. Uh, behind the scenes, uh, you know, get the get the see how the sausage is made. You take the F1 rundown. I'll take the IndyCar rundown. Sold. And we'll just do one-on-one, and if we see any news things, we'll just send them to each other. But I don't even know if we're getting the news next weekend. I don't think we are. Ne- gonna next weekend's going to be incredible. This is the Calm Before the Storm episode. We will see you guys next weekend with a bold episode. See ya! Hey, have you ever been punched so hard that you're just like, 
That's what it sounded like oh, really? it happened to you when oh, you I'm said sorry. see ya. You're like, see ya. <laughs>